How's it going, A's fans, and welcome to episode 11 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, noted baseball fan Jason Burke, and today we're going to be talking about trades. Uh, the Mookie Betts deal is now official. He is headed to the Dodgers. So we're going to talk about how that came about and the final, the final product on that one. But then I read something on NBC Sports Bay Area, and uh, it got me thinking. So I have a trade proposal. I want your feedback. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but this is episode 11. This one goes to 11. So please insert your Spinal Tap joke of choice right here, and we're going to get going. So Mookie Betts and David Price are heading to L.A. to play for the Dodgers. The return is not uh, Gratterall anymore from Minnesota. Uh, Ken Tamayeta was traded to Minnesota for Gratterall, but now Gratterall is going to the Dodgers and staying there and not headed to Boston. So that's a little bit of a change. Uh, so the Dodgers added a couple more pieces to send to Boston to get Mookie Betts because Mookie Betts is obviously the centerpiece of this whole uh, this whole fiasco. So thanks, Mookie Betts. Um, they are now trading Alex Verdugo, who was mentioned before. He's a hotshot outfield prospect. Dodgers didn't really have room for him. Clears up a little bit of their outfield space. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a decent get for Boston. He'll be productive for, you know, a number of years, but he might not reach the levels of Mookie Betts. Uh, some scouts aren't sold on him, you know, being fantastic. But, you know, he'll be an everyday player at some level. So that's nice. He's not like a fourth outfielder type. So... They got some sort of value there. And then uh, they got a lower-level uh, catcher named Connor Wong. Don't know a ton about him, but I, what I read was uh, he you know, seems like a solid addition behind the plate. He helps the Boston catching depth in the uh, in the minor leagues. So, cool. You know, who, who doesn't love catchers? And then there is second-base prospect Jeter Downs which sounds like the beginning of a joke that was told in Boston for a number of years. Um, so Jeter Downs, going to Boston. Cool. So that is that deal. Um, the other subplot of this whole thing was that the deal that was going to send Jock Peterson and Ross Stripling to Anaheim, no longer happening. So they are staying in the blue. Dodger blue. I was like, what's that color? Dodger blue. Not just blue. Come on, Jason. Get your head out of your butt. Anyways, so NBC Bay Area posted something like, oh, this Mookie Betts trade is great for the A's because it gets him out of the American League and they don't got to face him anymore. Wahahaha. Which I found ridiculous because they face Boston seven times a year and, you know, that's almost negligible, but it's fine. You know, it's something to write right before spring training. That's cool. But they did have one part in that article that was like, oh, and Jack Peterson's not going to Anaheim anymore. And that's great for the A's because he hit 37 dingers last year. And he would be a dickens of a time to face. So we don't got to face him anymore. That's nice. Uh, but that did get me thinking, what if the A's wouldn't got Jack Peterson instead? Okay, now I know what you're thinking. We have so many friggin' outfielders right now. And they're all, I mean, the good ones aren't really paid. And then the ones that are paid well... Uh, aren't going to have playing time. I know, and we're going to have to figure that out at some point, but that's a problem for another podcast. Uh, right now, okay, I, I've looked at Jock Peterson's stats, and it's actually kind of impressive, even though he's a lefty that mostly rakes against righties. But uh, the A's need a left-handed bat. He is a left-handed bat with power, and he plays a pretty decent uh, outfield. 
he'd be great in left field for the A's. And uh, so that basically leaves Robbie Grossman, Mark Canna, however you want to slice that, or even Steven Piscotti. Um, Ramon Laureano is playing one of the three positions. I don't give a shit which one. He's playing one of them. I'd prefer center probably because Canna was, I think, a negative six DRS uh, defensive run saved uh, last year. And, you know, he had to play a bunch over there. But I think I'd prefer Laureano over there. He's fun to watch. And, you know, if he can rob a homer and throw guys out at first base, more power to him. Uh, do that like every night. That would be so much fun. Okay, so more about Jock Peterson. He is entering his age 28 season. Uh, he has one year left of control before, you know, he hits free agency. Um, he is owed $7.75 million this year. Maybe a little bit rich for, you know, the rich guys that own the A's, but I, it, it's not like an ungodly amount. I think that they could stretch the pocketbook that much. It would put him over $100 million, but oh no. Um, but I mean, 36 homers for a guy that, I'm just saying, fucking do it. <laughs> this one's going to be an explicit podcast. I keep swearing. Um, so he had 36 homers, an 876 on-base plus slugging, a 127 WRC plus, and he was worth uh, three uh, wins above replacement, according to Fangraphs. So that's a pretty solid stat line. Uh, his strike He struck out like 22% of the time, which isn't terrible. I mean, it's a little bit higher than you'd want it. You, you want to see like 15 if you can, but... Some guys that have power just strike out like 33% of the time, and that's like Joey Gallo. You don't want that kind of a, a trade-off right there. I think he hit 249, so, you know, he's not a real big batting average guy, but he had like a 330 on base, which is fine, you know. You can make do with 330 on base and an 876 OPS. And, uh, you know, he had 480 plate appearances, I believe, so... It's not like he played all six or 700 plate appearances and all that stuff, blah, 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 blah. Uh, his walk rate was right around 10. So he's a good offensive player is what I'm saying. He's a left-handed bat. He can play some defense. I like all these things. Uh, I have stats on his defense, so I can just stop saying that he's good at it. Last year, while roaming left field, he, uh, he had 525 innings played, and he had a plus six DRS. So that's good. You want... Uh, you know, pluses right there for saving runs. You don't want negatives because that means that you allowed runs. This sounds derogatory. I'm sorry. I, I am sleepy. Um, and then in right field last year, he played 259 innings and he saved five runs. So played about half the amount of innings and saved just one less run. So he's good on the corners. Uh, he was, he didn't play that much in center field. So whatever. But, uh, Left or right field, whichever one Stephen Piscotty doesn't want, feel free. Or you could have Piscotty play center. That doesn't make sense. No, don't do that. Um, so, yeah, you'd probably have Piscotty in right, uh, Peterson in left, and then Loriano in center. Pretty good outfield, right? Um, so then you got Robbie Grossman that you got to deal with. And he was, like, quietly pretty decent. Like, his defense actually brought a lot to the table. And made him part of that left field platoon. So he's a switch hitter, which is nice. Uh, he had a an 88 WRC plus, so that is roughly 40% worse than Jock Peterson. So his bat's not quite on level with uh, Peterson. And uh, he only had six home runs and similar number of at-bats, plate appearances, 
Same thing. Not the same thing. That's a that's a misstatement. Uh, Not the same thing. I wrote down the wrong thing, said the wrong thing, and now I'm uh, elaborating. So he had six home runs last year, is what I'm going for. Uh, he had a 682 on base, uh, uh, plus slugging, sorry, OPS. Um, so yeah, he wasn't fantastic. Uh, it's about 200 points lower than Jock Peterson. And he, had, he did have a uh, plus four DRS in left field and 844 innings. So he played more innings in left field, had fewer defensive runs saved. So I think the case is made. Jock Peterson is a better option to play left field. And he's a left-handed bat with power. I like all these things. Um, so then I you know, looked at Mark Canna. I was like, oh, do we got to trade both these guys? One of these guys? What, what are we looking at? Mark Canna actually was better offensively, sort of. Uh, he had a 146 WRC+. plus. He had 26 dingers. He's an average defender, so his defense is a little bit worse, but you know, whatever. And he had a 913 OPS. So, all in all, not bad. Similar offensive profile. I like it. So then, you start thinking, and you're like, hey, why don't you just have Jack Peterson play against righties, and Mark Canna play against lefties? You have platoon. You got a lefty and you got a righty. You get your left-handed bat, and then you have a ridiculously good left fielder out of these two guys, and that would be fun. I like this plan. And there is slightly more to this plan, but I have to take a break for advertising, so just one second. Okay, cool. Break's over. Back to my rambling. All right, so with this proposal, you basically have to do something with Robbie Grossman, who's owed $3.725 million. I'm not sure what you do yet. I had this idea about an hour ago. It's not fully fleshed out. I know, but I needed something to talk about. This is what I'm talking about. I love this idea. I would really like to see Jock Peterson in the green and gold now. Um the original trade was Luis Renjifo was going to go from the Angels to the Dodgers for Jock Peterson and Ross Stripling. There might have been more minor leagues involved, but they didn't come to fruition. Uh, the trade never came to fruition, so names never came out. But it's kind of hard to believe that it would be Luis Renjifo for both Ross Stripling, who was a pretty decent pitcher, and Jock Peterson, who was a pretty decent hitter and defender. Um... So, I said before, it'd be like trading Chad Pender for both those guys. And I don't think that that's something that the A's will do. But if it came to fruition, that was what they did because they felt good about the 47 guys that they have vying for second base, then, you know, I, I guess it'd be okay. But they have so many Chad Pender types on that team already. They could use an infielder, though. And guess what? We have 47 second basemen. So maybe there's room for, you know, a Jorge Mateo, a Vime Almachin, uh, Franklin Barreto. Probably not Sheldon Noisy because he has options. But that is something that Renjifo also had. He had, uh, I think, two options remaining. And roster flexibility is something that those Dodgers really love. So I, I don't think that the A's would be able to pawn off some of their spare parts or guys that, you know, would be excess on the 26 man roster. So I don't know that it would be, you know, Frank Lombretto and prospect would get the deal done. Uh, he has more upside than Renjifo, who is a average defender. Not great. And he had a 86 WRC plus, but I think that it was 
years of control and options remaining so they could do what they wanted with them. You know, uh, the fantasy community, uh, some sources say that, you know, he's a good guy to have on your team, blah, blah, blah. Um, he hasn't proven it yet. So that would lead me to believe that the Dodgers are open to trading for somebody that is unproven, but they want that roster flexibility so that they can send them back to the minors if they need to and all that stuff. And basically all the options that the A's have at second base, aside from Sheldon Noisy, uh, do not have options remaining, and that's why they're such a roster crunch right now. Um, so I don't know if one of those guys would do it. The, the teams could definitely match up on some sort of a deal. I don't know what that deal would entail. Um, but also, just to get you excited about this trade, I should probably read Russ Stripling's stats too. Uh, I believe he is entering his 30, uh, age 31 season. Uh, he can either be either a starting pitcher or a relief pitcher, which is a nice little piece of flexibility to have. Um, you could throw him in the rotation to give Luzardo or Puck a break, which I've been talking about. Uh, they're both coming up Tommy John. They're both lefties. They might need lefties in the bullpen. I like this idea. Um, I keep saying that. Anyways, uh, last year he had a 9.23 strikeout per nine rate, which means he was striking out more than one batter at, uh, an inning, and he was walking 1.99 uh, per nine. So that's a really good walk rate. And whether that's rotation bullpen, I assume that it, these are inflated by a little bit of bullpen work, but he pitched, I think he started half the games that he appeared in. So there's that. Um, in 387 inning, 387 innings pitched, uh, in his career, he has a 351 ERA with a 360 whip. And it's been right around three, five, uh, for his entire career. So he doesn't really stray too far from that. Uh, so he, he's a pretty solid guy, and I would like to have him as a depth option if he was available. Um, if they got Ross Tripling, I'd be okay with, you know, letting my Taiwan Walker pipe dreams go away. But, uh, you know, I, I feel like they could use another solid arm in the rotation. And he's been a little more trustworthy than Taiwan Walker, so maybe he's uh, he's taken over that spot. I don't know. Um He's also arbitration eligible through 2022, so he's got a couple more years of team control before he hits free agency, which is also another plus. Um, or they could, you know, trade him if they need to once the rotation is just stocked full of young studs. Um, so, you know, there, there's plenty to go with there. But I think that all of these things, they, they would definitely, both of these players, Jack Peterson and Ross Stripling, would be big improvements for the A's, and that's something that they need to do if they want to really win the AL West. And I think that in adding these two players, they would move a lot closer to the Astros. Not only because, you know, they're improving their squad in different, you know, places that could use a little upgrade, but also, these are two players that were on the 2017 Dodgers that lost in the World Series to the Houston Astros. And if you get to face these guys 19 times a year, do you think that they'd be motivated just a little bit? I think they would be. And that is some extra fire that you want to bring in those uh, divisional games, especially against the Astros, because you've got to win more than eight of those or nine of those. You've got to win like 12 of those to really drive home that you're serious about winning the AL West. And these two guys might be the, the keys to doing that. So that's another aspect as to you know, why I'd like to see them there. They also got some playoff experience. They've been to the World Series twice in 
you know, the last three years. That's something that the A's don't have any of on their team right now. They've got a bunch of young guys that are hungry, but they don't have experience. All right, I think I'm going to call it good right there for tonight. Uh, let me know what you guys think of the podcast at Locked On A's on Twitter. Also on Twitter, I am at ByJasonB. Follow us there. Uh, interact, do whatever. Uh, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, the Himalaya Podcast app. Other places you get podcasts. I don't know. Uh, I, I'm an Apple guy. So basically, I'm like, oh, that's where I get my podcasts. Um, Stitcher's cool, too. Uh, Spotify is fun. I always lose podcasts on Spotify, though. That's, that's my bad. I, I'm getting too old for Spotify. Anyways, uh, remember CDs? CDs were fun. And cassettes. Oh, man, do you guys remember cassettes? So, side note, sorry. Anyways, I'm going to sign off now. I'm going to go to bed, and then uh, I'll talk to you guys on Tuesday, I think. Um, yeah, so that's that. Uh, go celebrate good times, Oakland. And I will talk with you guys on Tuesday. Yeah.